Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible. Our reading for today comes from Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Jesus also said to the disciples, A certain rich man heard that his household manager was wasting his estate. He called the manager in and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give me a report of your administration, because you can no longer serve as my manager. The household manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is firing me as his manager? I'm not strong enough to dig and too proud to beg. I know what I'll do. So that when I am removed from my management position, people will welcome me into their houses. One by one, the manager sent for each person who owed his master money. He said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, 900 gallons of olive oil. The manager said to him, take your contract, sit down quickly, and write 450 gallons. Then the manager said to another, how much do you owe? He said, 1,000 bushels of wheat. He said, take your contract and write 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted cleverly. People who belong to this world are more clever in dealing with their peers than are people who belong to the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to make friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful with a little is also faithful with much. And the one who is dishonest with little is also dishonest with much. If you haven't been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you haven't been faithful with someone else's property, who will give you your own? No household servant can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we've noted before, sometimes parables are not as straightforward as we would like. Sometimes they're a little more convoluted than we'd expect. And if we're not careful, we can learn the wrong lesson. Today's parable is one of those. We have to scratch the surface to understand what Jesus is actually saying. In our reading for today, Jesus tells a parable about a rich man and his household manager. The rich man decides that he wants to review the books. Apparently, he has not been hearing good things about his manager, so he's going to be letting him go. He tells him to get everything in order. He wants to have a look before he's fired. The manager can see the writing on the wall. He knows things are not going to be easy for him. He's a white-collar guy. He's too proud to beg, not strong enough to dig. Panhandling and manual labor are out. It doesn't leave him the whole lot of options. He's got to figure out a way he can take care of himself in the future. So he comes up with a plan. He starts calling on everybody that owes the rich man money. He sets them down in front of him and he goes, All right, tell me what you owe. And when they do, he says, Okay, let's cut that amount down. 
And one by one, he has people come through and change their amounts so they owe less. Now I want to pause here and note that we should all know this is a pretty dishonest business practice. This in and of itself is kind of hard to say, woohoo, good job. With a wink and a nod, he's changing how much is owed to his master. What happens to the manager? The rich man, his master, commends him. He commends his dishonest manager for his cleverness. Now, this is where I have to pause and say, what? A cursory glance might tell us being dishonest is good. Not quite what Jesus is going for here. In this story, we have to take into account what the point is. And the point isn't the dishonesty. The point isn't fraud. The point isn't poor business practices. The point is being clever. This is where it helps to think carefully. The master isn't saying, hey, I like your dishonesty. He isn't saying, hey, I like the way you do business. If he did, he wouldn't be firing him. He knows he's been cheated. The manager would have full control over managing who owes what and managing the debt. And if he doesn't have anything to compare it to, whatever the account the manager gives is the account that the rich man is going to have to live with. He gets that. So why is the manager being commended? What comes in when we think carefully about this is the why. Why did he do it, and why did his soon-to-be farmer boss commend him? Jesus helps spell it out. He notes this guy is shrewd. He's fast on his feet, quick thinking. He had to plan for the future, so he decided to figure out the best way forward for him so that he would have a future in the community. So he decided, I might as well use what's at my disposal. He makes friends. He uses the wealth to make friends so that he will be accepted into people's homes. So that people will go, hey, I remember you. Man, you saved me a lot of money. Why don't you come over for dinner on Saturday? And there we get the real message. The man didn't cheat to amass wealth for himself so that he could become rich on his own and then use it to be like the rich master. Part of this story is to tell us that 
he decided, nope, only way forward for me is to make some friends. Because then there will be somebody there for me. I get some people in my life that are going to help me, and my future is set. And Jesus notes that this guy knows what he's doing. And that maybe we should be a little more like him. Not being dishonest, not being unfaithful, but thinking ahead and being smart about it. This guy thought carefully about his situation, and he made plans. He implemented a course for where he wanted to be in the future. We can connect this to the kingdom of God. Where do we want to be in the future? Still thinking about worldly wealth? Or do we want to be invited into the kingdom? Do we want to be invited to the table? Jesus points this out to the disciples, saying, Use worldly wealth to make friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into the eternal homes. This stuff's fleeting. You can't take it with you. Use it to do something good instead of just having more of it. It's important to note that This is about planning for our future. We can't let ourselves be tricked into thinking that this is saying dishonesty or cheating people is a good thing to do. And it's really easy to get caught up in saying he was dishonest but did a good thing. Well, it doesn't change that he was dishonest. People may welcome that manager in, but they may count the silverware first. Not once does Jesus say that anyone congratulated or commended the manager for his dishonesty. Not once does he say, cheat people. It's quite the opposite. We should use what we've got to help others. Because in the end, that's really what's highlighted about this dishonest manager. Not that he was dishonest, but that when he took from his boss, he took to help others so that he would have friends. That's what's highlighted about him. Not that he was dishonest. That's not the good thing. But he used what was at his disposal to help others so that he could make friends and secure his future. He used what he had. When Jesus goes on to talk about this, he talks about how those who are faithful with a little are also faithful with much, and those who are dishonest with a little are dishonest with much. And to Christ, wealth is a little thing. It's a big stumbling block, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not much. Because this becomes a question of how we use our resources. 
Who do we serve? Are we out making money during the week, taking advantage of others, and doing all that we can to amass wealth, and then showing up to church on Sunday and praying to God that we be good people and do the right thing, and then go back to work to cheat people during the week? No. If we are dishonest with how we handle money, if we are dishonest with how we handle the resources we have, are we going to be honest with the other aspects of our lives? If we are dishonest with others, it's hard to say that we're going to be honest with God. And Jesus lays it out about as simple as we can get it. You cannot serve both God and wealth. And this calls us once again to think carefully about what's being said here. Is Jesus saying that you can't ever be wealthy? No, actually. Nothing in this parable says you can't ever have any wealth. People have to make a living. Some people may even make a good living. What is being said, though, is that how you use that money is going to determine your future, both in this life and the next. The call of this parable, as I see it, is saying we should chase the kingdom the way that many chase wealth. People who are trying to run a business are shrewd. They're careful with how they do things. They try to make sure that people want to come back to their business. They want to maximize profits by making good use of the available resources. Why aren't we like that with matters of faith? Not dictating to others how they need to behave, but selling people on the joy that it brings, on the love that it instills. Why aren't we wanting to use our resources carefully to help others and inspire love? When we deal with people on matters of faith, how well do we use our resources and help? A business will do all they can to get the message out so they can make money. So they can build up an earthly fortune. Why don't we use the resources we have for building up the kingdom with the same passion that people have for getting wealthy? Inspiring others to do good, to repent, to believe. Giving them something to believe in. And that's why Jesus notes the shrewdness of those of the earth compared to the children of light. His disciples versus the common everyday folk. People worried about worldly wealth figure out how to amass it and they plan for the future. 
They think carefully about their business decisions. Are we that careful with our spiritual choices? Do we think about using our wealth to help others? Do we use the resources we have available to bless others? To inspire hope in a community? Do we build the kingdom by loving our neighbor, using the resources that we have to show that love? That's the focus here. Are we using the resources we have in a way that honors God? Are we doing things in a way that emulates Christ? You know, I used to see those WWJD things all over the place, asking, what would Jesus do on bumper stickers and billboards and bracelets? But how often do we look at our bank accounts and ask that question? How often do we open our wallets or our checkbooks, pull out our debit card and think, what would Jesus do? Our parable today doesn't tell us to be dishonest and deceitful, but instead shows off that if we are not using all that we have at our disposal, building up our place in the kingdom of heaven, we're wasting our resources. If you're not thinking about the ways you can honor God and what you do with all that you have, you're wasting it. Here's this guy, dishonest, not even repented about his sins, and we can learn from him because he's thinking about the future, about what comes next. And that's what we have to be like. He wants to make sure he's welcomed in, and that's what we need to do. We need to stop and think carefully so that we are using all that we have at our disposal to build up not fleeting wealth, not passing things, but building up love and friendship, building up kindness and mercy, creating hope and something to believe in by showing people the Savior that guides us.